Hello, good people. Welcome to Straight Talk with Dr. L. I'm a teacher, so most of the time when I talk to people, my goal is to teach. With each topic, I start out with an objective, what I want the listener to learn, and everything I say thereafter is to guide the listener to reaching that objective. Well, today is a little different. I have nothing I want to teach you. I just want to share. I want to share something that I heard this week that moved me to tears, touched my heart, and inspired me in a time when I needed and was looking for inspiration. COVID-19 has hit me hard from a mental health aspect. I consider myself to be a proactive optimist. I believe things in my life will always work out for the best because largely I create or control a situation by causing something to happen rather than responding to it after it has happened. Essentially, faith, but with a whole lot of work. That's been my formula for life. I don't generally fail because I do the work preemptively so the resources that I need to be successful at an endeavor are usually always in place. I am a planner. Well, COVID-19 was a quick, hard, fast, and debilitating sucker punch at an extremely high time in my life. I was ending a rigorous PhD program. The training and speaking arm of my business was skyrocketing. The existing part of my company was becoming passive revenue because I formed a team of people who operated in various parts of my company seamlessly. My son was thriving and my social life was a buzz. And most importantly, my home was peaceful. I was winning on every front with ease. You see, I was seven years into a 10-year plan and everything was going better than I expected. Then I got an email from my dissertation committee chair and the world that I had come to know and love began to unravel. On March 12th, My committee chair suggested that I reconsider having my dissertation defense on March 20th due to the coronavirus and the suggestion of social distancing. Please understand, I had been working diligently for four years with a single goal of defending a dissertation and becoming Dr. L. I wasn't really up on current events because my head had been buried in a dissertation all year in preparation for this defense. So I didn't understand the magnitude of the impending pandemic. Five days later, after much discussion and many tears, we decided to conduct my defense via Zoom. Not the plan, but at least 
I'll get it done. Then I will have free time to enjoy the fruits of my seven years of planning and labor and the fruit were ripe, big, and low-hanging. I was ready, still winning. Then all of a sudden, my inbox was on fire. I started receiving emails from all of my clients, from clients from ongoing work, as well as clients for contracted upcoming work. And in the space of about 14 days, my entire company came to a halt. The preschool closed. The classes were canceled. The keynotes at upcoming conferences were postponed and eventually canceled. All of the scheduled professional development workshops, gone. Just banished. Then my son's middle school year came to a screeching halt and I find out the university will not be having a graduation. And I cried. I mean, I cried. But it wasn't an exhausted cry. It was an I can't believe This is happening right now, cry. It was an irony of it all, cry. One of those cries where you laugh and shake your head in disbelief as you wipe away the tears type cry. A cry where you know it's going to all work out on the other end, but you would have preferred to not have to deal with this extra work type cry. Month one. COVID-19, I'm good, this is inconvenient, but it will all be over soon. Let me do a little pivot, rearrange some things during this meantime. Month two, COVID-19, okay, this may require more than a pivot. Let me make a shift. I got to work. So let me work differently for a while until these things blow over. Well, month three, COVID-19. Oh, wow. This thing is for real, for real. The world and the way my industry offers services may never be the same again. I'm going to have to do more than pivot. I'm going to have to do more than shift. I'm going to have to reinvent my company. God darn it. Okay, here we go. By month four, I am grinding like I was grinding in year one of my 10-year plan, but it was year seven. And in a moment, all of the hard work of the last seven years flashed in front of my eyes and I 
cried. And this time, it was an exhausted cry. A tired from deep in my soul type cry. A darkness cry. And I couldn't shake it. Now, I'm a crier. I cry about everything. Crying is my release. When I feel an emotion, any emotion, and it gets too intense, my body automatically cries. Then I'm able to release that emotion and move on, find the logic, then do the work. Basically, cry my tears, suck it up, and move on. And I have been like that as long as I can remember. But this was a different cry. A foreign cry. I wasn't crying to release. This was it. I was crying to cry. I was locked in my sadness and I didn't see a way out on my own. Then my son returned from a weekend with his dad last Monday evening. And when I greeted him, I could feel in my spirit that I was going through the motions. I wasn't really there. My mind was a million miles away. This scared me. And I immediately text a really good girlfriend, a friend who had been in my village for over 10 years. I knew I was going to have SDYM that upcoming weekend, and I didn't want him to be surrounded by my sadness, so I was going to need some buffers. Also, my soul knows where to go when my soul needs to be replenished. So my girlfriend and I decided that SDYM and I would drive down to Virginia Beach for the weekend. We needed this. The announcement of the trip gave SDYM a reason to be excited and something to look forward to. And I would have a safe space to work through my sadness. So Saturday morning, SDYM and I got in the car and we drove to Virginia Beach. The trip was fun. I focused on driving and he consumed our space with constant chatter. I needed that. We finally arrive in Virginia Beach and I see my girlfriend. And in the spirit of social distancing, I am positioning myself to give her an elbow bump. And she reaches out to hug me. And I fall into her arms. She squeezed me. And I squeezed her back. And I immediately felt safe. I really needed that. I mean, I really needed the comfort of my friend's arms. So that weekend was filled with beach time, girlfriend talk, 
tears, laughter, business strategizing, and brainstorming. And of all my friends, I knew Siobhan was the one that I needed to be with during this season. Because I knew she would understand immediately the devastation of a reinvention. Let me talk to you a little bit about my good girlfriend, Siobhan Alexander. Siobhan and I met in another lifetime. Another lifetime for both of us. I was a military spouse and a stay-at-home mom of a toddler. She was a student at the Naval Postgraduate School and a divorced mom of a young school-aged child. Now, I met Siobhan at a house party. Actually, at her house party. Her parties were the talk throughout the Monterey Peninsula. When Siobhan had a party, everybody came because she can turn up with the best of them. But also, everybody knew that when Siobhan threw a party, the food was going to be amazing. She loved to cook. She was creative with it. And most importantly, everything she did seemed to work. It was just good for no reason. I mean, good. Now, I'm not exactly sure how our friendship happened. There was not one defining moment. We just took a liking to each other. And 10 years later, we're here. Well, fast forward three years from meeting. And we are no longer in California. I'm in the D.C. area and she's in Virginia Beach. And we are both at a crossroads, but the other doesn't know it. I get a text from Siobhan asking if she could come over and talk. Of course, I was happy to see my friend. However, I was a little concerned because she was going to see a version of the Browns that she was not accustomed to. I was separated from my marriage, although I hadn't told anyone yet. And SDK was with his dad. So our once seemingly jovial household was quiet and it was just me. I said yes, and I waited for Siobhan's arrival. When she came in, she looked different. See, Siobhan is real easy, and I've never seen her stressed, but that day I saw it immediately. We sat down at my dining room table and just looked at each other for a minute. It had been a while since we had been face to face. Then Siobhan took a deep breath and started talking. Siobhan was a naval officer and a 16-year naval veteran. She enlisted in the Navy as a teenager. She married another sailor at a young age and had a child. She was a math whiz and soon discovered an opportunity to go to college 
through the Navy's boost program. And she transitioned from an enlisted sailor to a naval officer. That transition, among other things, caused strain on Siobhan's marriage. The couple eventually divorced. Siobhan remained in the Navy, and due to her strong work ethic, she rose through the ranks with ease. When I met Siobhan, she was in her late 20s and working on her master's degree in preparation for further upward mobility in the Navy. When Siobhan moved to Virginia from California, she partnered with a childhood friend and they had a child. During this transition, Siobhan experienced medical complications. Childbirth, coupled with pre-existing conditions, took a toll on her body. And in that deep breath, Siobhan was preparing to tell me that after 16 years of service, just four years shy of a 20-year full retirement, Siobhan was being medically retired from the Navy due to her medical complications. I was shocked. And Siobhan cried. Now, I don't remember anything else about our conversation that day. My friend was in pain and was at a crossroads. So we were just there with each other, just there in that moment. Well, after several hours, Siobhan leaves, and this is where the story gets good. When Siobhan leaves, I have absolutely no idea what her next move will be. Siobhan doesn't have any idea about what her next move will be. So I assume she's already near one of the largest naval bases in the world. So she's most likely going to take those veteran points her education and experience and roll them over into one of those good paying government jobs. So imagine my surprise when I get a call saying she has decided to go to culinary school to be a chef. Okay. Unexpected, but it makes sense. Siobhan loves to cook and everybody loves her cooking. Okay, I can see this. From naval officer to culinary student, that's more than a pivot, that's a shift. So I watched Siobhan matriculate through culinary school. She posts pictures of her assignments. They're beautifully plated, and from time to time, we talk about her experience. She is making friends and beginning to build a new world for herself. Then she graduates. And one would assume that she's going to go work as a chef in a restaurant or she's going to work as an apprentice under an established chef. Mm -mm. Not Siobhan. 
This girl decides that she is going to open a restaurant. From naval officer to culinary student to chef to restaurateur, that is not a pivot. That is not a shift. That right there, folks, is an entire reinvention. So I drive down to see Siobhan's new restaurant space, and it is small and in an off-the-beaten-path location, but the food is good. She decided to name the restaurant after her now-deceased father, Desmond's Island Soul Grill. Now, the food at Desmond's is so good that people start to come from near and far to this small restaurant in its off-the-beaten-path location, and Siobhan quickly grows out of the location. She begins to search for a bigger restaurant, and because she's Siobhan, she soon finds it, and she makes the move. Now, with this new move, she is right off the interstate, like literally right off the interstate. You get off the exit and there she is. And with this new move, Siobhan makes some changes in addition to Desmond's menu. She adds several flavorful vegan options to the restaurant's arsenal of already delicious food. That shift then opens Siobhan up to an entirely new client base, in addition to the loyal ones she already had, she also had the vegan market. She is winning. But with success comes work. Lots of work. So Siobhan started spending long hours in the restaurant with her loyal employee, who's a friend and fellow chef, Will. Siobhan is also doing festivals and events, and her food is creating a buzz. By all accounts, Siobhan is winning. But again, with winning comes hard work. So Siobhan is working hard, really hard, like seven days a week hard. And one day, Siobhan finds herself in her restaurant with Will and they are managing the restaurant between the two of them. Now, remember, the restaurant is a buzz right now because the food is really good and they've diversified their options. And on this day, it all hits a head. Siobhan and Will are prepping the food and they look up and see a flood of people coming. Ain't no way they are going to be able to service the influx of people approaching the door with six burners and two people. Siobhan takes a deep breath and braces herself. When winning gets real. Before Siobhan could get to her next thought, a customer in her restaurant gets up and whispers to Siobhan, Sis, 
I'm not going to let you fail. What do you need me to do? She threw Siobhan a lifeline. The customer took orders and worked the register, and Siobhan and Will were able to get the food out, and the other customers left happy and satisfied. The customer eventually left, and Desmond lived to win another day. But the customer returned, and she brought help. The customer's daughter has now worked at Desmond for over two years. And the customer is now family. I didn't know this part of Siobhan's story until four days ago. You see, in my sadness, we were sitting on her couch preparing to watch Tabitha Brown on the Today Show. And Siobhan noticed that Tabitha was wearing a pair of earrings that were made by the customer who is now family. So she excitedly called the customer who became her friend and who is now family and told her that her earrings were going to don Tabitha's ears on national TV. You see, when Desmond made it over the hump because the customer who became a friend who is now family threw Siobhan a lifeline, Desmond's eventually reinvented itself and became a full vegan restaurant. Now, in conjunction with Desmond's reinvention, Siobhan invited internet sensation Tabitha Brown out to host a dinner and a talk in the restaurant. Tabitha Brown's visit presented an opportunity for the customer who became a friend who is now family to share her handmade jewelry with Tabitha. And those earrings were now going to appear on national television. Now, because of those transactions, through three women, I had the opportunity to witness my friend authentically celebrate her customer who became a friend, who is now family, and a village member, as we watch the handcrafted earrings dangle from Tabitha's ear. And that celebratory moment was possible because two years earlier, one woman saw another woman she didn't even know at a crossroads and said, Sis, I'm not going to let you fail. What do you need me to do? Now, if that ain't a worker bee, I don't know what is. If that is not an excellent use of your spare keys, I don't know what is. If that is not the embodiment of someone that you need in your village, I don't know what is. One of the greatest feelings in the world is when someone throws you a lifeline when you really need it. And that great feeling can be taken to a whole nother level and feel like God's hand is literally touching you when someone throws you a lifeline and you didn't even have to ask for it.
angels in your camp. People who operate like that, those are angel people. Folks doing God's work here on earth. When Siobhan told me about that day in Desmond's, when a customer whispered to her, Sis, I'm not going to let you fail. At the sound of those words, I was able to cry. But this time, I was able to cry to release. I was able to release some anxiety. I was able to release some fears. I was able to release some doubts. Boom! Just like that. A whole sermon in a short sentence. A way of life in a short sentence. My current affirmation given to me in a short sentence. Since I heard that four days ago, every morning that I wake up, I look in the mirror and I say, sis, I'm not going to let you fail. Boom. We got this. Each week on Straight Talk with Dr. L, I will work through a topic related to young children, families, parenting, or womanhood with my top-notch village to which you now belong. So, to ensure the topics are relevant to your needs, concerns, and interests, the topics for each episode will be developed based on questions submitted to AskDrL at KinderJam.com. So, shoot me an email at AskDrL at KinderJam.com. And lastly, remember, it takes a village. And if you didn't have one before, you certainly have one now. And together, we got this. Boom! Let's talk again soon.